Welcome to Podcasts of Waterdeep. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, D&D asked Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords and Josh Peralt from Taking Initiative to create a special 10-episode story with a cross-section of the D&D live play community. Hopefully by listening to some of these episodes, you get jazzed about the possibility of storytelling within Waterdeep Dragon Heist and maybe find one or two new D&D podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and the Waterdeep Dragon Heist adventure book available in game stores now and everywhere, September 18th, head to dnd.wizards.com slash p-o-w-d or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. Here's a brief recap of what happened in the last episode. There is currently a faction war happening throughout Waterdeep between the Xanathar and the Zentarum, while they and several different groups all search for a huge hoard of gold dragon coins hidden in a vault somewhere in the city. All three keys for the vault were found and are in the possession of Laryl Silverhand, the open lord of Waterdeep. Baubles and such was a storefront by the Moonsphere near the dancing court in the city that was recently shut down due to a murder. The owner of the store was found dead. The influence of Manchun has been diminished due to the adventures in Drunks and Dragons in the previous episode, and he is no longer a threat, thankfully, but other forces are looming. The dealer, a powerful contact in the underground of Waterdeep, sent their agent Eclipse to get someone named Ghost Hand on the scene. Have fun listening to this ninth episode of Podcast of Waterdeep, Dungeon Mastered by Lisa Chen, with special guests Scott Kurtz, Rudy Rutenberg, Victoria Rogers, and TJ Storm. Enjoy! Podcasts of Waterdeep, Episode 9. My name is Lisa Chen, and I am your Dungeon Master today. You might know me as a Dungeons & Dragons writer and guild adept, one of the community managers for the Adventurers League, D&D's official play campaign, uh, and I also produce and host a podcast called Behold Her, which is all about women in the world of tabletop RPGs. Um, I, I have some amazing guests on this episode. I'm so excited uh, to play with you all. Um, Victoria, how about we start with you? Hi, I'm Victoria, and I am usually found over on the Broadswords. I've also recently joined the Dice for Brains as their communications and creative team member. I am going to be playing Alna Ghost Hand. She is a half-elf rogue warlock. Well, she her mage hand is a blue phase spider. <laughs> Real cool. <laughs> Uh, my name is Scott Kurtz. I am a cartoonist. Um, I've drawn a comic called PvP for 20 years and a comic called Table Titans, which is about Dungeons and Dragons for about five. But none of you care about that because I played D&D for a while as a character named Binwin Bronzebottom. I will be playing Binwin tonight. He is a dwarven fighter and folk hero um, of some renown in Waterdeep and surrounding areas. A fun fact about the character is... This game is the first time I've ever rolled Binwin myself. It was always prepared for me by uh, the Penny Arcade staff ahead of time for the live show. So this is the first time I've gotten to roll them up myself. I was kind of I was kind of stoked for you guys. 
That's so exciting. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rudy Rudenberg. I'm assuming that we can hear me and that's working. Yes, it's clicked on. So my uh, claim to D&D is that I am one of the co-creators and I guess founder of Maze Arcana, where I run a little game called Inkwell Society. For anyone who is a fan of Eberron, that is an Arcana Noir, very dark mystery style game with heavy, heavy PC buy-in because they started at level zero with four hit points. It was amazing and uh, it is still continuing on. I'm really excited as they start to get a little bit of class coming up from the lower levels of Sharn. Um, and I am a guild adept with Lisa. I do quite a few things like uh, voice Durnan. Hi. And uh, I also... Uh, fun fact, am the co-designer of Eberron for 5th edition. And What? Yeah. Uh, and then I am also a screenwriter and actor. Uh, so, and that's how I got to do some Durnan stuff. Very cool. Who are you playing today? I am playing Clotho Leroux. He is a half-elf with a little sea-elf background there. He is a fighter, barbarian, uh, multi-class. With a very haunted past. What's his haunted past slash another fun fact? Okay, so uh, I would say that basically he was in an underground or an underwater research facility. And the haunted uh, past is that he ended up, while in the course of being basically a bodyguard for a scientist, wanted to actually be more of the scientist type because he thought he was smart enough. And he ended up going in to try and study one of the creatures, not knowing what he was doing. Ended up opening the whole place up to get destroyed and had to flee. So his greatest sin is knowingly disobeying the scientists that were with him and getting uh, all of his. And by that, I guess I mostly mean like archaeologists and anthropologists. But uh, ended up getting his entire underground kind of sea lab destroyed and uh, fleeing to the top, but nobody knows that. Yeah, I don't know if the Water Deep agents recruiting you know that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm sure all they right. Don't. Last but certainly not least, TJ, tell us about yourself and your character. Hi, everybody. I'm glad to be here. Uh, my name is TJ Storm. Uh, I'm an actor. Uh, I played on uh, Punisher Warzone and Kickboxer Vengeance. I also do uh, performance capture. I am Colossus in Deadpool. I'm Godzilla in Godzilla. Uh, I get to do all kinds of fun things. I am playing a character named Higgins Farnsworth IV of Waterdeep. He is a lore master wizard. He is Higgins Farnsworth IV. I need you to back up a second. You screen captured Godzilla mm -hmm. in the latest movie? Legendary Godzilla 2014, yes. Will you be my new best friend? <laughs> we're already friends. We're we're on the same team. Oh my god. I thought it was interesting you weren't like, oh, you were next to you know, you were you were Colossus. Like when I actually watched Deadpool, I'm like, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
So, setting the scene for all of these characters, you have all answered the call of the city of Waterdeep to meet with the open lord of Waterdeep, Laurel Silverhand. You've been asked uh, to go to her audience chamber, which is where you are all seated right now. Across from her large desk, uh, there are guards flanking either side. And there's the room, uh, the door where you entered the room, um, as well as another door uh, on the Side and um, you've been given some water, maybe some refreshments, uh, but you're just sitting there sort of sizing up the other three people in the room. Um, and what exactly do you all see? What do your characters physically look like? Alna is leaning back in her seat, her ankle resting on her knee, looking pretty nonchalant. She's dressed all in brown leather. She does have a hood on, even though she's inside. And there's a little bit of a smirk on her face. You don't really see much of her features at this point. She does, however, look quite muscular. Particularly, she's fairly short. She's about 5'4". But she has very broad shoulders. And when she does move her arms, you can see her lat spread. that starts to come out. And uh, she, looks, she looks pretty tough. Um, if it's possible to be the last one to show up binwin will just so okay, he can make yeah, a dramatic let's come back to binwin okay <laughs> yeah he's hiding around the corner right now everyone's seen him but it's obvious he's waiting to try to be the last one in the room <laughs> you guys just see this um this dwarf uh, with this horned helmet outside the door where you all are being escorted in. Um, the horn from his helmet is sticking out from behind a curtain uh, along the walls. Um, but in the room right now uh, is also Clotho. Clotho is, uh, looks roughly 23 years old for uh, human standards and is uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of five feet seven inches tall, with a pretty regular build uh, for a swimmer. He's got a square, pretty average face with uh, a long, well, kind of like a, his facial hair appears to be aerodynamic. What? In the sense that it looks like maybe he just takes a swim in the morning, and however the speed in which he is moving is how it stays. And he has extremely long, also very, well, not extremely long, I guess. He has kind of long, uh, but spiky, grayish, whitish hair and a kind of turquoise green eye, which offsets the uh, soft blue features of his skin. He does not appear to be very heavily armored. In fact, uh, he is wearing very short shorts, uh, as if you know, maybe about mid-thigh, and uh, and very tight. And he looks as though he is pretty much ready to hop in the water immediately if needed. <laughs> I love it. So when you said not heavily armored, you just meant barely yes, dressed. Yes, pecs and abs, mostly. <laughs> Your most important armor? Um, what about Higgins, and what does Higgins think of these other odd characters in this waiting room? Madness! Madness! Higgins, Farnsworth IV of Waterdeep, regards this man wearing his small clothes and thinks to himself, Waterdeep fashion has changed. 
since I've been gone. I have returned from Symbia. I wear the Symbian fashion. You'll see me wearing red pantaloons and matching petticoat. Uh, high boots up to my thigh where his shorts stop. And uh, a baby blue cap with a large white feather. After I'm done inspecting the man wearing no clothes, I walk over to the bookcase and inspect those, because those are far more interesting. What does she have in her office? Anything interesting? I begin to peruse the periodicals. Yes, you see a matching set of beautifully leather-bound books. Tomes, really, about the history of Waterdeep and the Sword Coast. Um, There's lots of pictures in them, and it almost seems like maybe it's more... It's like those books that look nice on a shelf. Oh, I'm quite disappointed. I glance over to make sure that I won't be slapped for grabbing one, and I grab one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The guards eye you. um, I put it back. Very well. Right outside the audience chamber, uh, Binwin, uh, you hear some of the attendants out there say, we're just waiting for Mr. Bronzebottom, and then we can call Laryl Silverhand uh, into the office. Did someone say bronze bottom? And then I shut the door just so I can kick it open. Uh, Binwin enters, very brazen, very full of himself. He's a pretty stocky, barrel-chested dwarf with a uh, a fur cloak um, and uh, a horned helm where one of the horns is broken off, a braided beard, and uh, I'm carrying a small keg over my shoulder, uh, and I'm I'm drinking. And uh, I enter the room uh, like I'm the cock of the walk. And, uh, and I say, fashionably late is always the best way to be. Binwin Bronzebottom reporting for duty. What needs fixing? The guards in the room, as soon as you bust in, had pulled out their spears and are just kind of pointing at you. But they're seeing who it is. They, they relax and go back into the position. How does everybody else react? He's been standing there the whole time. Does not anyone else see that? He, he was right there. <laughs> Nope, fashionably late. Just got here. Uh, but, but he, no. Well, if Fine. he says that he's fashionably late, th- this is Benwin. Have you not heard of Benwin? Um, no. I heard about him, and that was all the way underwater. Uh, uh oh. Well, he's crashed quite a few things into the water. It boats, airships, other ships. Oh my! Gates. One time I did sink a galleon. That is true. Hmm. By yourself? Uh, well, that's up for debate, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was probably me. Boats don't, boats don't stay afloat very well if they're set on fire. I remove my hat with a flourish. I bow. Higgins Farnsworth the fourth of Waterdeep. It is glorious to make your acquaintance, Sir Dwarf. I I bow as well, and I say, Benwin's Bronze Bottom the third. And as I bow, spilling beer, obviously, out of my keg. Um, and then I just uh, stand back up straight and uh, step forward a little bit to hide that I spilled some beer. I try not to lose my wig. I fix it, and then I put my head back on. <laughs> Very does nice Alna to meet you. Does Alma react at all, or does she play it cool? Oh, I'm watching this dwarf walk in with a keg. I, I find it fascinating that he's just... Are you just, like, swigging out of an entire keg? No, I have the keg over my shoulder, and I have a, a tankard. I have a, a mug. Okay. Oh, well, well, I think it's great. And I'm just I'm just watching this exchange 
with this big grin on my face. And and once I see that those pleasantries are finished, I, I put back my hood. My head is shaved. Um, and I, I grin. Hey, you have another mug? Are you kidding? Absolutely. I reach into my bag and pull another mug and pour her, uh, fill it up with uh, bronze bottom battle ready brew, which is in the keg. This is my family's finest brew. Cheers. Before the party reaches full swing, um, as this was happening, uh, the attendants who are speaking outside, one of them is trying to pick up the door and kind of place it back uh, in the doorway. Another one uh, has uh, rushed across the room watching you splish splash ale. Um, And he goes to that other door um, and disappears into it. Um, And when he comes out, he is followed by a woman in white robes. Um, the edges gilded in gold, uh, flowing behind her, and she has long silver hair. Deep bow. Um, and those of you who have been in Waterdeep, know of Waterdeep, know that this is, in fact, the open lord, uh, Silverhand. And she uh, floats into the room and says, oh, good, you've all met each other. Um, and she looks at the attendants and says, I thought it was just soft refreshments today. We need them in tip-top shape. Um, Alna, Binwin, Higgins, Clotho, thank you very much for answering my call. I've chosen you for your subtle touch, discretion, and ability to follow direction, <laughs> um, as well as your the extraordinary feats uh, that follow you. I, I do trust your discretion as I, I share some information with you. My feats are um, webbed. Um, she kind of, her eyes dart down um, at your webbed feet. <laughs> at your exposed abs. Um, Those, and nope, nope, my feet are down there. Uh, and uh, she kind of darts her eyes at all of you. The, the city and the faction of the Harpers have been working together to acquire the keys of the legendary vault of Neverember. I'm not sure if you've heard the tales, um, but there is a vault filled with more treasure than anyone has ever beholden. Uh, hidden somewhere underneath the city. Ben, one does a spit take. We need a group of extremely talented, skilled adventurers to take these three keys and find the door to the vault for the city. We have reason to believe that our city agents are being watched, that the Harpers are being watched, and that is why we are bringing in freelancers, so to speak. Heard tales of your amazing feats, webbed or not. She goes around to each of you and lists a a heroic deed that she has heard that you've done, which is the reason why she's recruited you, or a particular set of skills that you have that others do not. Um, She goes up to Higgins, says, Mr. Farnsworth, My late husband, the former Blackstaff, has always spoke well of you and your unique, flexible, arcane skills. What is something that Higgins Farnsworth has done, which the city would have caught the city of Waterdeep's attention? Well, where do you want me to start? I was the 98th graduate student of Mr. Blackstaff back in the day. 
That was an honor, and that alone I shall leave with you, so as to not waste your time, great lady Silverhand. Um, she nods her head at you um, and moves on to Alna and says, You may not know it, but your deeds in the Underdark followed you out of the abyss. Um, what is a story that she might have heard about Alna? That she found the lost horn of Grontelgrim and brought it back to Brunar. And for that, she was named Shield Maiden. An honor indeed. Um, and Binwin, you come highly recommended uh, by one of my colleagues in the city. I can't say his name, but it rhymes with Schmoman Schman. I was um, going to say, for copyright <laughs> reasons, we can't mention his name tonight in these chambers. But... Yeah, like, one of my best friends is totally a lord of Waterdeep. And, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I fought a Tarrasque, like, six blocks down from here. One time. <laughs> Binwin's lists of deeds are long. I could go on and on. Um, please do, uh, please do. I love hearing him back. Do you have a bard? Three hours later. And Clotho... <sighs> You are perhaps the most mysterious of those called to us, um, but a friend recommended your services on this task force. Mm -hmm. Did you want me to go on? Um, what would be a story that, uh, that Silverhand would have heard? About Clotho. Well, I brought back valuable research from the depths of under the water that uh, clearly I, I conducted and handed off to the museum and uh, wanted to have nothing more to do with it uh, except for the occasional signing. Roll me a deception check. Mm, that's a 10. You see her eyes narrow as you keep talking. Um, and she kind of looks you up and down again. I quickly change the um, subject. Two, uh, you might have also heard that I do the morning class schedule at the uh, local uh, AMA. MCA. The AMCA. Yes, yes. Uh, our, our, the youth in the city are our future. But let's, uh, let's get on with the task at hand. Um, and she claps her hands, and the attendants go back to that door from which she entered. They march out with three different, well, two items covered in cloaks, um, in cloths, and as the door opens and closes, you hear a voice coming from the other room saying, but darling, you don't understand. I was supposed to touch up my fruits yesterday and you've kept me here. Surely there's something we can do about this. I am the key. But the two items are set on Silverhand's desk. Uh, and these are two of the keys that you will need to enter the vault. She removes the cloth from one of the trays and you see limp and awkward there a set of bagpipes we are told that these bagpipes have magical properties although we're not sure what they are however identified as a key to the vault um the second cloth 
is removed and you see a cage there, um, a small cage. It appears to be empty. Laryl Silverhand kind of leans to one of the guards and says, you're sure it's still in there? And he nods. Um, it does not look like much or anything at all, but the Widowmaker is in this cage. The Widowmaker? We, the Widowmaker. Dun, dun, dun. Um, an invisible scorpion known for its lethal properties. It is, however, a key to the vault as well. Um, might, might I have uh, a tankard of the... Bach? Uh, oh, do you want the winter Bach? The bronze bottom winter Bach? Uh, I'll take whichever one has the best um, coloring. Alright. Uh, I spin the keg around to the other side. Uh, it's a partition keg. And I produce another small tankard. Whoop. And I produce you. This is the bronze bottom winter Bach. We usually only serve it uh, later in the year, but I always keep a little bit for the summer months. I take a nice Enjoy. smell of it. What does it smell like? Oh, it's very chocolatey. It's very chocolatey, not very hoppy at all. Very smooth. Very silky. Smells like hmm, a sea slug. I, I and I take, I walk over and I pour it on top of the uh, cage to that has nothing in it <laughs> to see what oh, no. the outline looks like. You pour it on top of the cage, and you see, very briefly, a super pissed off damp scorpion. Um, it rushes towards the edge of the cage, and you see its little claws sticking out of the cage, snapping at you. The Bach fades into its invisible properties, and the claws are the last thing you see before it drips off of him. That's a I'm trick not, that I learned. I'm underwater. not happy about that at all. Oh, I, I, Not only did you waste good beer, but you pissed off an invisible scorpion. I didn't know if it was really there. Named the Widowmaker. <laughs> um, what is this cage make, made of, and would it break if dropped? cage is made of iron. It seems to have contained the creature thus far. It um, is actually a smart idea to occasionally check that it is still there. Um, so I applaud you, Clotho. The recommendation to bring you onto the task force was deserved indeed. <laughs> Next time I'll give you the cheap stuff for scorpion tests. The uh, This might not be the most difficult key to manage, however... Um, and Silverhand gestures towards the door. Uh, it opens again, and escorted out uh, is a woman some of you might recognize if you have frequented the theater in Waterdeep. A popular actress named Madame Benedicta uh, is escorted out. She is uh, around 5'6", uh, looks like she's in her late 50s. She's thin and gracefully built with pale skin, um, and she has these bright green eyes and colorful theater clothes. Almost, it looks like she may have been brought here straight from the theater. Her uh, normally auburn hair that you recognize from the stage is sort of this dull mottled red, and you see the th thinnest line of gray right at her scalp. Um, and while she's being escorted in, she's uh, talking to the attendants saying, oh, but really, really, it is very important that I maintain my appearances and oh, it is a pleasure to meet you. And she does a very graceful bow. I am Madame Benedicta. You are Lady Madame Benedicta, the most incredible 
actress to ever grace the stage in Waterdeep. I saw you in the fall of the gods <laughs> not five years ago. I sweep my hat off and bow and don't let my wig fall off. Boop. Ah, uh, yes, the reviews for that appearance uh, were extraordinary indeed. They don't call me the star of Waterdeep for no reason. Oh, but you are the star of Waterdeep and beyond. I offer her my arm. Um, she takes it and gives the attendants um, this sort of mean glance and says, somebody knows how to treat the talent. Um, and uh, Laryl Silverhand tries to hide that she is rolling her eyes uh, <laughs> <laughs> and says, this is the third key. Oh, uh, would she be uh, coming with us? Um, I certainly will be. You don't think you're going to do anything with uh, Never Ember's Vault without the most important key, would you? Wonderful. Hmm. Great. Um, Silverhand mouths at uh, everyone except Higgins, who's preoccupied with Madame Benedicta. Uh, she mouths good luck. We believe that the vault is located underneath an establishment in the South Ward called Bobbles and Such. The proprietor of the shop was recently murdered. Um, and while investigating uh, his death, the City Watch discovered a secret trap door in the cellar, which led into tunnels underneath the city. Preliminary exploration of the tunnels makes us believe the vault must be hidden there. Uh, so that is where we would like you all to go. However, with treasure of this size, it is very important that nobody knows that you are sent on this mission, that the new proprietors of the recently reopened Bobbles and such do not know they have secret tunnels leading all over the city of Waterdeep, or that they have access to a vault that holds hundreds of thousands of gold pieces. I made him next to Farnsworth. She she did say bubbles and stings, right? No, no bubbles, gems and such. Gyms, bubbles, bubbles. Oh, oh, oh! Like um, like the thing that bounces up and down on water at the end of a hook. No, no, like gems made of stone, worth things to men. So the ones that we lift. And I glance towards the necklace. No, the things that this beautiful woman next to me is wearing across her necklace. Oh. Those are bobbles. Oh, well, these I, bobbles. I have a bobble. Sort of flaunts her necklace. It definitely looks like costume jewelry. <laughs> Paste. <laughs> like a rhinestone falls off. Those are bobbles, my friend. Yeah, I've, I've got a bobble. I'll show you later. <laughs> uh, in exchange for helping us access the vault... Uh, the majority of the treasure will go to the city, of course, to improve it uh, for everybody here. But we will reward each of you 5% of the treasure. 5% each? 5% each. Oh my. Assuming mm. you return, which I'm sure you will. And is the city willing to help us with some items Um, I do not have any items in my office. However, Bobbles and such carries a number of 
Snobbles? Goods oh. in the un- and such, <laughs> and uh, such. including healing potions. Um, I could give you um, uh, an advance of sorts to purchase. Yeah, can we some expense items. that? Is there a per diem? Um, you each uh, get one hundred gold. Good work. Wonderful. Thank you, Lady Silverhand. Please keep your receipts. I nudge. I nudge Farnsworth and say, "Good thinking. Good thinking." Of course, sir. Of course. Um, so right now it is the afternoon. Laryl Silverhand has told you that you need to find the trap door and the tunnels underneath Bobbles and such as discreetly as possible. Um, so you have a little bit of time to prepare, to plan. What do you all do? Um, I, I'm sorry. I, um, did, did we get a contract? One does not require a contract when dealing with the great Lady Silverhand. Her word is the honor of Waterdeep. I don't know. I'm I'm with him. I, I'd prefer a contract. Kind of the thing that we really need to be paying attention to is whether or not she means 5% of the gross, 5% of the net, what the main cost could be. You'll end up seeing your 5% become 0.05%. I don't want to talk dirty about anyone or air any dirty laundry, but let's just say I have been on the receiving end of a bad deal. And I don't want to mention names, but it rhymes with Moman Bran. You want to get a contract. You got to give it in writing. It's already bad enough. I have to trust three other strangers. Am I one of those? <laughs> no, we've drank. No, we've, we've had drink together. Yeah. You're a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I glow that the Benwin just called me a friend and all at first I'm not really paying attention to it, but my pecs are undulating back and forth. I'm fascinated. You have gills on, on your on the sides of your body, right? You're all gilled up. Um yes. Sure. If you want. <laughs> you could breathe water, right? Yeah, sure. Have you ever tried to breathe beer? I would. We gotta try that. Okay. We have got to try that. <laughs> okay. You gotta promise me after this we're gonna breathe some beer. We, we have a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, that's how we can prepare. <laughs> you can't go into this sober. You can't. Laryl Silverhand leans over to one of the attendants and says, Are you sure we got that recommendation letter from Schmoman Schman? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a map? Like, do we know exactly where this entrance, this trap door is in Bobbles and such? Um, we know from the City Watch's report uh, from the crime scene that it is in the cellar. There were a number of barrels and supplies stacked on top of it. Uh, but the cellar is not very large. Uh, so once you get in there, you should be able to find it. And where do we gain access to this cellar? Is it in the back of the shop? Is it behind in the alley? Um, so Bobbles and such, if you've not frequented this establishment, has reopened as a half tavern, half adventuring and such shop. Uh, through the kitchen, uh, there is a doorway that leads down to the cellar. So no access from outside the building. That is going to be difficult. What about the plumbing? Especially if... Well, if I got to walk to a tavern, we got a problem because I'm a folk hero here and I'll be recognized. That's not very discreet. However, I could provide a diversion while you guys check it out. Okay. That works. And if you need to get into the kitchen, they will welcome you in there with open eyes. That's where the chef's table is and that's where I sit. Every restaurant. 
in Waterdeep at least. I continue to write out the necessary agreement outlining the 5% and I put the names down and I also put the clause that if any of us perish that that 5% is gone as opposed to be redistributed amongst the party so we don't get tempted to kill each other. I don't know these people. That's very smart. That is smart. Larel reviews the contract and nods um, and signs it. Binwin makes his mark on it. All no signs. Perfect. I sign. And I sign as well. All right. So you guys have a little bit of gold in your pocket uh, for preparations. Uh, you know you have to make it down to Baubles and such in the South Ward. Um, is that where you guys head? I need to stop and get my uh, gear. Oh. Is it to be just us or can I have my squire whom carries my books? We already have her. Her? And Alna shoves her thumb over her, her shoulder at uh, Benedicta. Higgins steps directly in the way so she doesn't see her pointing at her. <laughs> says, no! Benedicta says, this... well, I certainly am not carrying them. Nope. It would not be nice to have an attendant again. Absolutely. Squire Thomas? Well, he gets paid out of your portion. <laughs> of course. Who is carrying the magical bagpipes? And the cage with the Widowmaker in it. I want to carry the bagpipes. Okay. I've got a new pet. I'm not married, so clearly it's not going to be a problem. I will attend to the Madame Benedicta. Oh, this is crazy. I nudge Ben one and I'm like, <laughs> I think we got the easy one. Yeah, no kidding. This will be perfect preparation for my new role as... Uh, the lady detective. <laughs> You're on a ride along. <laughs> You're doing some some research for your next role, and you have a ride along with adventurers. Um. All right. So cl you guys make a side stop so that Clotho can get his gear. Um, we stop at the AMCA. I dive into the pool, go down into the deep end. About two minutes later, I pop back up, and I've got. A uh, a dapple conch shell shoulder piece with uh, a about uh, tapered down mid uh, weight like mid waist down my back a um, shark skin cloak which seems to come like almost looks like the tail is kind of moving back and forth a little bit and I have on uh, crab shell gauntlets. Oh, that's cool. And I call them and, and I go they're they're overdragged. I want to draw that. That's cool. And then I have my dual-bladed scimitar strapped uh, underneath in a sheath going underneath the sharkskin uh, cloak. You can breathe water? Oh, uh, yes. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I walk up to Higgins and I point at the the pool and I go, you know he's laid, lays, laid eggs in there. There's like a thousand eggs down there now. He... Eggs? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. In about a week, this pool is going to be teeming with sea elves. I start scribbling in my, my book. This is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I just wank at Benwin like a, yeah, keep it going. Just keep that rolling. Huh? Absolute eggs. From a male species, eggs. 
After Clotho picks up his things, you all make it down to the south ward, um, and you see baubles and such. It has a fresh coat of paint um, and two doorways underneath a giant sign that says baubles, and there's a doorway there, and then an ampersand, and then such, and then there's another doorway uh, underneath. But you see through the windows that both parts of the building are connected, and there's a giant banner hanging underneath uh, that says, under new management. What do you all do? I enter the such door after opening it for Madame Benedicta. She walks in and immediately makes her way towards the counter where she starts demanding Auburn hair dye. Yikes! I catch up. <laughs> um, at the counter, uh, you see there's a lot of different items on shelves um, and hanging on hooks uh, behind the counter and displayed in the counter. At the counter itself is a young woman, uh, brown hair, brown eyes, wearing a little apron that says and such on it. Um, and she has her feet up on the counter uh, and she has a newspaper that's folded in quarters and she's working with like a little quill pen on it. Um, and without even looking up at you... Higgins, she says, welcome to Bobbles and such. Under new management, we've got your Bobbles and your such. <laughs> How can I help you? I, I start to uh, help Madame Benedicta as well as get uh, as many healing potions as I can after negotiating downward, if possible. Um, all right. Uh, the woman, as you start talking at her, seems annoyed that you actually do want help with something. Um, and she says, all right, all right, all right. One thing at a time. You want Auburn hair dye? Uh, yes, for the, a friend. Mm. Um, as she goes and she gets like a little block of like this red, um, this little red block that looks like it could be ground into a powder and used as a dye. And she says, uh, that'll be 10 gold pieces imported from Chult. It's the best stuff. I snap to Squire Thomas, who's already carrying my books, and I point. And the healing potions, where would those be? We do have some healing potions, although there's lots of adventurers coming through the city these days. We have three normal healing potions and two greater healing potions. And the prices? The normal healing potions are 50 gold pieces, sir. The greater healing potions are 100. Oofa. I'll have two normal, please. Uh, she sighs heavily um, and gets a little step stool that she climbs up on and reaches to the top shelf and gets these like glittery red potions. Uh, which she puts in your baggie that says bobbles and such on it. <laughs> and I also buy a couple of uh, preemptory bottles of wine just in case. <laughs> For the wine, you have to go to the tavern size called bobbles. Thank you. When she gets back down, I'll be like, oh, uh, could you um, grab me one of the uh, bigger ones? <sighs> and she climbs back up the step stool and grabs a slightly larger bottle of sparkly red potion and comes down. That'd be a hundred gold pieces, sir. You want your receipt? Um, yes. Always keep your receipts. Oh, oh, yes, yes, I forget. It's, we're, we're getting reimbursed. <sighs> she walks back. She's like, we're out of receipt paper. Hold on. She walks back for a second, comes back with it, and with her quill, um, glaring at you, writes out a receipt. 
It's so busy today. You, you're dealing with it well. <laughs> I just take the bottle and the receipt and I go stand next to Benwin and I'm just like, okay, where's my scorpion? <laughs> I turn, I turn to Clotho and I say, the only bottle I'm interested in is upstairs. Let's go. Let's do it. So I head up to Bobbles. Yeah, I follow. Yeah, so you guys head over to the other section. It's like the paint in the building changes. Um, and you're in Bobbles, where there is... Um, it's the middle of the afternoon, but there's some people in there already. Um, one of them says, Oh my goodness, it's Madame Benedicta! And runs over uh, and grabs her arm and starts jumping up and down and says, and just saying, Oh, I've never thought I'd meet you in person. I've waited by the stage door, but you don't always come out right away. And oh, it's so lovely to meet you. I stay with her as long as she needs and keep the crowd from getting too rowdy when possible. She seems very, she's handling it gracefully, but also keeps like kind of putting her hand over her hair so people don't see her roots. I keep her away from direct overhead light. <laughs> How thoughtful. Very good. That is very um, thoughtful. Uh, the bartender, however, goes, I know that dwarf. You look just like Binwin Bronzebottom. That's funny, because I'm as thirsty as Binwin Bronzebottom, and I walk up to the bar. Do I know the bartender? Um. This is a new store, so probably not. Yeah, they've, they've got all new employees. Uh, so you might not know him, but he knows of you and your deeds. Um, and he says, you really look exactly like him. The hat is spot on. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be undercover. Uh, yeah, I, I just got that kind of face. I get that all the time. Um, can I get you anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, I got some money to spend. Give me a bottle of the good stuff. Well, we do have this one bottle... Um, a little bit pricey, uh, but someone brought it back, says it's from a place called Wizard of Wines. Mm. Um, and he brings out like this really dusty bottle from underneath the counter. Okay. How expensive is it? Um, it's 50 gold pieces for this bottle. Well, I'm not usually a wine drinker, but if it's expensive, it's got to be good. So I buy it. You're a shrewd negotiator. <laughs> it's not my money. It's Silverhand's money. Oh, 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 yes. You guys... Um, he'll need a receipt. You guys... Oh, yeah, I need a receipt for that. Oh, we don't uh, write receipts over here, but... Hey, Joy, can you write a receipt for that Wizard of the Wines bottle? And you just hear groaning and maybe something thrown coming from <laughs> the and such side. Her name's Joy. <laughs> <laughs> While these distractions are going on, because the barkeep is... Uh, talking to Binwin, yep, yep, we have Benedicta yep. surrounded. I am going to just kind of do, 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 just mosey on into like the side of the bar area and just kind of do a little stealthy hidey, hidey hide, um, and just kind of make my way along the perimeter towards the kitchen door. Yeah, absolutely. Roll me a stealth check. Nine plus ten, so that's nineteen. Alna vanishes. Um, uh, so you're able to kind of sneak in to a spot right by the kitchen door where the bar, like the physical bar structure, is blocking you from view of the bartender. Um, and you see that uh, there are two prep cooks in the kitchen right now getting ready for dinner. 
Have, do they look up when I enter? Um, no, they do not notice you. Okay, I scan around for the cellar door. Um, you're able to easily spot it. There are some boxes stacked on either side, but there's uh, this one door that's open to a staircase leading down, and then also a back door uh, that leads from like a back alley into the kitchen. Then I just grin at them. Oh, you will never guess who is in the the tavern. Madame Benedicta. They stop slicing and chopping, uh, and they say, Madame Be- Benedicta, baubles and such. Oh, yes, she's right out there. She's talking to everyone. Come on. Roll me a persuasion check. That's an eight. Ooh. One of the prep cook says... My mom is obsessed with Madame Benedicta. I have to get her autograph. And the other guy says, Greg, someone has to chop all these carrots. If you go, if you go talk to Madame Benedicta, that's all on me. Um, And Greg is able to convince him uh, that he'll owe him one. And so one of the prep cooks, you guys uh, who are in the restaurant area, see him walk out in his uniform uh, and start chatting with Madame Benedicta as well. I look at the remaining prep cook. I'm like, come on, go have some fun. I mean, this is a story for your friends. And I flip him a gold coin. A gold coin? A gold coin. Roll me a persuasion check with advantage. Well, that's 18 plus 6 for my first one. All right. And then natural 20. Okay. He catches the gold coin and says, heck, I'll pay someone else to chop these carrots. Um, And he goes out into the restaurant area as well. Um, Not even at wondering who you are, flipping gold coins at him, sneaking into the kitchen. Um, But when he gets out there, he says, it could be pretty good to get Madame Benedict to sign something. And then he stops. And he's like, is that Benwin Bronzebottom at the bar? Oh, that is. Uh, And the prep cook walks up to you um, and says, I've heard about all the different things that you've done. Did you, like, you fought a Tarrasque once? Oh, he's talking to me? Yeah. I'm sorry. You're Benwin, right? Yeah. You look like Benwin. I'm Benwin for sure. I've never seen you at the bobble and such before. Before or after we reopened. It's, it's in honor honestly you should, you should buy me a drink i yeah and, absolutely. and his friend and, and his, his friend and my friend uh-huh. and i'll tell you all my stories i did fight at tarask um wow yeah okay I, I mean i just i have this gold coin uh and so he puts it down and he says honestly drinks for everybody <sighs> uh and the bartender starts uh bo- pouring out some ipas for everyone and passing them around everyone's kind of had their turn chatting with Madame Benedicta and the free booze is appealing. So now everyone's around the bar area. Well, I do my best to keep everyone enthralled with my stories. Um, roll me a performance check. I played the part next to him where I'm, where I'm doing it. Uh-huh. And then, and then, just so that it keeps other people, like anytime that there's a lull, <laughs> I want to be like, uh-huh. And, and th- that was when you did the, that thing, right? Yeah, roll that with advantage uh, because Clotho is helping you. Well, the first one was a two. And the second one was an 18. <laughs> That's much better. That is much better. Thank yeah, you, you st- Clotho. Yeah, it's like you start out like, yeah, I hit a Tarrasque once. <laughs> and then Clotho eggs you on for more details. Um, and the crowd is well enthralled. 
Good. Meanwhile, what is Higgins doing? Uh, Higgins is starting to control the lights through prestidigitation near Madame Benedicta. As people get closer to her, he increases the lights around her, but not above her. And then, as soon as people start to become aware of the folk hero near the bar, he starts to dim the lights near us so that I can usher her safely and unobtrusively back towards where we're supposed to be, looking for others in our party who also need to get there. Um, she puts her hand on your shoulder and says, Thank you, Higgins. Lighting is really so important. People underestimate it. You are light, my dear. And we walk. <laughs> oh, she swoons. It's so good. <laughs> um, and you usher uh, towards the kitchen where Alma... I guess you don't even need to crouch. The kitchen is now empty. But you guys are in the kitchen. What do you do? I... Grab a handful of chopped carrots and then move through the kitchen. All right. Uh, you move through the kitchen. If you go towards the door um, that appears to be the cellar door, there are indeed stairs leading down. And at the bottom of the stairs, you see a wooden paneled floor um, and a bunch of barrels and some stacked crates. With your passive perception of 15, uh, you feel like you hear boxes shifting in the cellar. Um, but you don't see anyone from like the angle of the top of the staircase. I beseech Madame Benedicta to wait for the rest of the party. I know that I would like to charge the sound and find out what's going on, but not with her. That would be unwise. But if you want to to charge, I mean, surely I must also charge with you for my research, for my role. Of course, of course. And you are brave indeed, but we must wait. Does the star have to be alive to be a key? <laughs> <laughs> or is it like a saliva thing? <laughs> Did you the say something, Alna? No, nothing at all. I guess I'm confused. Um, am I still in the bar or am I with everyone in the... We so all right now out? you're still at the bar telling okay. stories. Um, if you'd like to extract yourself from that situation, you, you certainly can. Yeah, I want to try to. All right. How is Binwin trying to say goodbye to his adoring fans? I'm going to tell everyone that I need to hit the head. <laughs> you only rent beer. And I just, I'll be right back. <laughs> awesome. I don't think you really need a role for that. That's really okay. <laughs> No one's going to challenge that. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, willing to, I'm willing to pee myself a little bit if it needs convincing. That will not be necessary. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so everyone just enjoy, continues enjoying their free drinks at the bar and you're able to head off to, I guess it would kind of be like off of a hallway towards the kitchen. Not that anybody's paying attention to me, but about a couple minutes later, I'm just going to go, um, I, um, I need to go hit the shoulders. I'll be back. <laughs> and nobody pays attention to me anyway, so. Yeah, <laughs> you sort of slink off <laughs> and you are now all in the kitchen uh, with uh, Madame Benedicta is standing off to the side, uh, staring at like a hanging pan, her reflection in it. And she's going, I'm... Rushing to get you. I am rushing the sound uh, and practicing uh, rushing downstairs. Uh, what do you all do? 
I inform them of the sounds of boxes and crates below. Well, we can handle this one of two ways. Subtly, or the way I usually handle it. What do you want to do? I have many talents. Subtle is perhaps not one of them. I agree. I throw myself down the stairs. Like I tumble down the stairs like I'm drunk. Benwin rolls down the stairs and collides into a barrel uh, at the bottom, taking one bludgeoning damage. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, par and, for the course. <laughs> and Benwin, as you land there, you can now see the other side of the room. Uh, there is a prep cook uniform that has been, that's in like a little crumpled pile mm -hmm. and a gentleman wearing leather armor, uh, who is moving boxes or he was moving boxes and now he's staring at you on the ground. Oh, wait, describe him again for me real quick. Um, so at his feet is a crumpled prep cook's uniform. Um, he, however, is wearing leather armor. Okay. Um, and he has, um, a little, like, hood that he's pulled up around his face a little bit. Um, and he has a short sword at his side. Um, and his hand is sort of starting to move there, but he's also looking at you questioningly. So, can I try to intimidate him? Yeah, absolutely you can. How are you All intimidating right. him? I'm gonna tell him that if he reaches for that sword, I'm gonna break his arm off. Okay. All right. Cool. Roll your intimidation. All right. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, that would be, even with my uh, bonus, that'd be a nine. Yeah. He grabs his short sword, um, rushes over to you, clamping his hand down on your mouth. Okay. And I need everyone to roll me initiative. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That should have gone better. I rolled real bad. I rolled a 20. Woo! And I get a plus two to initiative, so 22 for Binwin. Whoa. What did Alna get? 16 plus four. 20. Higgins. 17. And Clotho. 15. I got a seven, so I feel bad for this guy. Um, you guys see at the base of the stairs, Binwin sprawled, um, and a gentleman has jumped out from the other side of the room. Uh, he looks a bit shifty. Uh, he's clamped his hand down on Binwin's mouth and with his other arm is getting his short sword threateningly. Hmm. So he didn't attack me right away, even though he had the jump on me. He put his hand over my mouth. Yes. Um, and with a 22, Binwin, you are up first. This wouldn't be considered a grapple, would it? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say he probably used his action to, well, we didn't do a contested check. Roll me a strength or athletics check for me. Strength or athletics check. That's great. I can do that. I get to add seven to that. <laughs> Gosh, what is with my rolls tonight? A three. So it's a ten. Oh, wow. wait, let me see a modifier. Oh, you beat him by one. He got a nine. Um, so he's trying to grapple you, but his hand that's on your mouth is, like, sweaty and slippery. Okay. I lick his hand. Oh, gross. <laughs> so I used to do my brother when he would do that. Um, he kind of flinches when you, when you lick his hand. Okay. 
Um, and he just leans down and says in your face, quiet before you attract everybody upstairs. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, well, I'm not going to attack him. If I have any... Um, if I have any action left, I'll do it just to stand. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Binwin, you're able to stand. Um, and Alna, you see that uh, Binwin did not attack the gentleman at the bottom of the stairs, although he does seem to have licked the guy's hand. He's like shaking it <laughs> to get the spit off. <laughs> what do you do? I slowly descend the stairs. I don't have a weapon out at this point. I'm just eyeing the situation. I'm really just honed in on this man, and I'm trying to read uh, what he's doing. I'm looking at his prep clothes, and I'm looking around the room to try to get some context clues of what this guy is up to. Roll me an investigation check. 26. Dang. You walk down, you look at the prep clothes crumpled in that little pile, um, and it looks like a size larger than this guy. Um, It seems like he had the prep clothes on on top of his armor. Um, You also see that he seemed to be shifting boxes. It looks like he was stacking them all in one pile. Um, And you see underneath the pile he was working on unstacking uh, a seam in the ground. Mm. So, who's this guy? Who are you? My name isn't important, but I heard of these tunnels. This is my score, not yours. Someone kill him. We've got bigger people behind us than you, honey. He starts eyeing all of you, um, all five of you, with Madame Benedicta who is standing behind Alna, kind of mimicking your motions and then like checking her body to make sure she's doing it right. Five of you, huh? You work in a pretty big group. And then we'll move on to Higgins. What does Higgins do? Snaps his rapier from the scabbard and stands in front of Madame Benedicta. Join us or go against us. All right. And before I say how the guy reacts, what is Clotho doing? I am. I've got the the cage under one arm and I'm like, stop, stop that. Stop, stop. stop." Oh, no. (laughs) Um, He his eyes start around to Alna, Binwin uh, and Higgins, who seem the most threatening to him. But he's also not sure if he could take all three of you. Um, Let's all roll a group intimidation check. Um, And Clotho, I'm sorry, but I'd like you to roll at disadvantage. (laughs) I'd also like to look for uh, any insignia using history and or investigation to see if he's a part of any bigger group that I might recognize. Benwin rolled a 12. 21. 16 from Higgins. 18 at disadvantage. Oh! (laughs) His eyes see the cage that you are holding, and he says, an empty cage. Is that the Widowmaker? How could you possibly No, it's not! (laughs) This is my imaginary widow. 
<laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Higgins, you don't see any insignias on him. He seems to be working alone, a lone wolf. Um, he says, listen, I thought if I could sneak in here in the middle of the day, I'd be the only one. But you guys want first dibs. Let me leave. I'll let you guys have first dibs. We can't let him leave. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We got to tie him up. But wait, wait a minute. But if they find... Tie him up and stick him in one of these barrels. Wait, like wait, wait a minute. <laughs> just, just the tying up seemed fine with me. I could do that. Look, I mean, we'll we'll free you when we're done, but there's no way we're going to let you wreck this for us. He um, tries to run past you guys. No, no. I'm on the stairs. He's up. I stick my foot out to trip him. <laughs> Where are we in initiative? <laughs> we're Binwin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I try to grapple him. All right, cool. Roll me an athletics check. 15. Um, yeah, with his two, he... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like tries to run and then immediately you see Binwin holding him and he's just like kicking his legs and squirming and trying to get away. Someone open a barrel. Not the barrel, not the barrel. You'll be fine. Squire Thomas, barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, I forgot he was there. Uh, Thomas, whose hands are completely full, kind of gives you a look like, with what hand? Uh, and he goes over to one of the barrels and is like trying to open it with his elbow. Very good. Alma pulls a crowbar out of her pack and goes over to to help Squire Thomas. Um, your crowbar is able to easily open a barrel. Um, and it is, this particular barrel is full of potatoes. Okay. I dump the potatoes. There are potatoes all over the floor now. You have made a mess. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> okay guys if we hear potatoes that means someone's in the cellar with us <laughs> got it I shove uh, this guy in the in the barrel um, he struggles uh, roll me one more athletics check you got it I'm getting new dice out of my bag 19 <laughs> yeah you're able to shove him into the barrel and get the top on um, you hear him grumbling and then I guess he realizes that if he shouts too loud people will find him realize he's a thief so I do he- make sure to drop a couple of potatoes in there with him I I scream through the barrel or talking to one of the holes well they're probably I'm not gonna let him know there's a hole but I say hey you only have a limited amount of air in there. Don't scream. We will let you out. Conserve your air. He's like, you better come back and let me out. And he's and um, he picks up the potatoes and says, you can't eat these raw. <laughs> uh, but he is now uh, sitting quietly in the barrel so as not to get caught. I go over to where he was moving boxes and see if I can find the seam in the floor that he was looking for. Yeah, you, um, especially if Alna shares that she saw the seam. Oh, that's right. I didn't see that. Yeah, as soon as this man is in the barrel, I am walking directly over there staring down. It's very obvious. So, um, between Alna having seen uh, the seam in the floor and being able to point it out and Binwin being able to help move the boxes. Uh, you guys find a tr- uh, secret door in the floor. Can I open the door? Is there a handle or anything? 
There is sort of like a notch in the floor. You're able to open it up. Okay. Um, and you see steps leading down um, into a damp tunnel. This seems to be the tunnels that Laryl Silverhand was telling you about. I light a torch. Excellent. I am happy to cast light for whomever needs it. I'll grab a copper piece or something or a rock and I'll tell him to cast light on it so I can throw it down there. There you are, Sir Dwarf. Thank you. I toss it down. All right. Um, you toss it down. Uh, you see at the base of the stairs that there are a few, couple more crates, maybe one or two barrels. You can roll me perception checks. Natural 20. I like these I got dice. natural 22. Woo! Woo! Natural High 20 five. as well. You can't get a 22. You guys notice um, that uh, the tunnels below are stone tunnels. Uh, these crates and barrels look like they've, they have some mold on them, um, some moss growing on some parts, um, and the wood seems damp. Um, like maybe there's little bits that have rotted. They look similar to the crates and barrels in the cellar. Like they maybe hold supplies, but these have been here a lot longer. You also notice that I am still on the stairs playing with the invisible creature inside the cage. Because <laughs> I didn't, I got a three. <laughs> <laughs> I call up. Psst. Come on. Where did everybody go? Down here. Oh. <laughs> and close the door behind you. Close up. Just, just trying to keep, you know, our date entertained. <laughs> our date. Madame Benedicta climbs down the stairs with you all into the tunnels, and she's, like, holding up her skirts so they don't get wet. Um, you see that the tunnel continues on in front of you uh, and then breaks off into, like, a two-pronged fork path. Um, well, just in general, how does this group proceed through tunnels like this? Is there a marching order? Are there things that you are constantly doing as you move? I am constantly keeping Madame Benedicta between the toughest warriors in the center of the group so as not to be bruised. If no one has any objections, I love to go first. I'm kind of like a trap Roomba. <laughs> well, I'm clearly the last one in, so I guess I'll be uh, bringing up the uh, tail. I'll be right behind Binwin because I'm constantly scanning for possible potato traps. Possible potatoes. You all move forward. Um, the floor of these tunnels and the walls and the ceiling... Um, it seems like water is like constantly dripping from little cracks in the ceiling. Um, so the floor is quite damp. With your passive perception, Alna, as you all are moving through these tunnels, uh, you notice um, that there do seem to be some footprints on the wet ground. And that would make sense since the Waterdeep officials were down here. Uh, I point them out to Binwin. I say we should probably follow these, these steps. Which way do they go? To the right or the left? Um, when you get to the forked path, you see um, that they seem to be going in both directions. Uh, but you can roll me either a perception um, 
Investigation. Actually, I'd take survival, a survival check to check out these footprints. Not investigation. I'd accept investigation too. All right, I'll go with that one. I got a 20. Jeez, you got some hot dice going today. No, it was an 18. Still hot, Um, dude. I've been rolling twos and threes as well, so. Yeah, well, I rolled a three. I have plus eight. Yay. So Alma just notices that there's footprints going kind of like in all directions. Uh, But Binwin hones in on these footprints uh, and sees that there are, it looks like at least four sets of footprints that go towards the left. Mm -hmm. Um, And then three similar sets of footprints that come back towards you. And then three sets of footprints going down the right. So on the left, there are footprints going away and returning. Yeah. And on the right, there's only footprints going away. Yes. Well, let's see. That would lead me to deduce that the people who went to the right didn't come back, which means there's something dangerous down there. And that excites me. So I say to the group, it looks like the freshest prints go to the right. And that fits with the right hand rule of dungeoneering. The fresh prints of Waterdeep. I like it. I have no reason to doubt Benwin. Otherwise, I would. I just shrug. You guys all head towards the right, following those three steps of footprints. Uh, The tunnel curves to the right a little bit and then to the left, kind of snaking, becoming more of a natural tunnel. Um, And then it ends in a door. What kind of door? Um, It looks like a thick wooden door. Uh, Corners of the door, especially at the bottom where the condensation sort of collects uh, from dripping onto the ground. Uh, The wood is a bit rotted. Binwin, do you think you could do the honors? Yeah. uh, I charge the door. Um, All right. You charge the door. um, And as you smash into it, Roll me a dexterity saving throw as some sort of liquid seems to spew out of these tiny holes in the door. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Dex is not my best stat, so give me a high roll. Oh, 18. I'm not joking. Oh! All right. Uh, So you're able to dodge to the side. Uh, It hits uh, your arm, uh, and you take 10 poison damage. If there's any adjustments you have as a dwarf, do your thing. Yeah, resistance to poison. Now, remind me, because it's been a while since I've played D&D. So if you're Uh, resistant, you have it. Okay, so five points. Yeah. Nice. Um, And it stings and is uncomfortable. um, But as the door swings open under uh, your weight, uh, you see that those holes were at eye level, and that could have been bad. For a dwarf? Yes. That would have been bad for anybody (laughs) else, too. Yeah, that would have been gut level for you guys. Uh, I say, careful, poison. I detected a trap. (laughs) But no one seems to be paying as much attention to the door, uh, because in front of you is a chamber that is 20, it's approximately circular with like a 20 foot radius, and there is a large, almost glowing silvery blue scorpion. It is huge, and its tail, where the stinger ought to be, looks like it's lit in blue flame. Everybody roll me initiative. Oh. 24. Benwin got nine. Higgins got ten. 
I have a 15 on this one. Oh, a 15 again. Nice. I got a dirty 20. So we will start with Alna. You see this giant, glowy, blue, on-fire scorpion in the room. uh, And it turns to you and starts making rattling noises? I should have looked up what noises scorpions make. Click, 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 click. Yeah, like that. I reach into one of the small pouches on my belt, and I take out a grain of sand and some crushed up wings and something that smells a bit of roses, and I kind of throw it at it, and I cast sleep. Ooh. Knowing the components, I give you much respect. Much respect. Who does that anymore? That's that's D&D. Uh, so sleep, roll your dice. Math, 14. Um, 14. The creature seems unaffected, uh, but is upset at all of these items that have been thrown at it. Um, and it starts clacking its claws. Um, you see that the tips of its claws look quite damaged. I think, I think a third of that scorpion should have fallen asleep. I think it should have, like, had a leg or an arm fall asleep. I'm just saying. Could be a numbing sensation. Yeah, he's tingling for sure. He's distracted. Um, you see the creature uh, start, like, coiling up its scorpion tail with the flame tip. Um, and it looks like it's about to spring at you. Um, but uh, that is all that you see it do on its turn. Uh, Clotho. Uh, have I... Is there any chance I've seen anything like this before? Um, roll me a nature check. Uh, 20. No, wait, hold on, hold on, wow. hold on. Yes, 20. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen one quite like this. This definitely looks like a scorpion, uh, except that its claws are damaged. Uh, but the coloring um, and its fire properties reminds you of a creature you've heard about or seen called a Remoraz. I, I look from the big one to the little one down there, and I'm... I'm it, is it... Do you, do you know each other? And I would listen. You feel a tiny claw uh, clip your ear. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put you down over here. And I slide it down and I start to walk towards it. And I, I pull out my blade, my uh, my revenant blade, my, my dual scimitar. And I just kind of like position myself in what looks like the swimmer's pose on a starting block. And I go... Your move. <laughs> how close to it did you get? Um, I don't know how far away it was from us to begin with. Oh, um, it's like in the middle of the room, so it's around 20 feet away. Oh, well, then I'm actually not going to walk. Like, I'm just going to kind of push the thing back behind me, and then I'm going to get down on the starting block like that with the, the blade uh, sitting down on my knuckles resting on the floor. Uh, ready to spring because I'm not giving up my position at the back right now because I don't know what's oh, anything gotcha. behind me, but I'm ready to launch. Uh, and if it gets within my reach, I will go ahead and use my hold action to, uh, or not hold action, but I will ready in action to attack it if it does jump in my way. Got it. Um, you f- uh, hear the cage that you've set down start to rattle on the ground. Um, next up is Higgins. My first 
Concern is Madame Benedicta, which I put with Squire Thomas. Do not carry her, Squire Thomas. Simply attend to her needs. I turn and unleash the rapier. I start to wonder, very using my lore master and investigation, is there a connection between the scorpion that we have and the scorpion that we see? Is this a key point? Roll me an arcana check. 24. Oh. That is an awesome roll. Um, you feel pretty sure that you don't feel any like magical connections uh, between them, uh, and that it may just be a thematic connection. <laughs> I keep guard in this back rank, and I prepare a spell if it needs to be, but it hasn't attacked yet. It just coils, so I'm watching. Okay. Um, it's The tension is palpable in the room as everybody starts readying in action. Uh, Binwin, it is your turn. I pull out my two axes, Rook and Ruin, and I start a swinging. All right, so you run forward uh, towards the giant scorpion. Correct. Okay, before you swing, uh, the giant scorpion's readied action goes off. Um, Uh And its claws swing ineffectively at you as they are damaged, uh, but its tail swings around. Uh, and does an 18 hit you? I have armor class 18, yes. However, wait a minute. I do have a cloak of protection, which is a plus one bonus to AC and saving throws while I'm wearing it, which means it's ah, a 19 and he misses. Yeah, it hits your cloak. Um, and uh, the tail kind of bounces off of it. But as soon as you guys see Binwin run into the room, you all start to hear... Um, insectoid chittering coming from around the room. Around it or uh, from the where the creature is? Around the room. Okay. Oh, dear. Um, all right, Binwin, you can uh, go ahead with your turn. All right. I'm going to swing with a rook. That's a 14 plus 7. That will hit. And Ruin is a 14 total. Um, A 14 will hit as well. That is the number. 13 points? 13 points. Um, As you strike at it with both of your axes, um, each strike, as your hands near, you feel this intense heat coming from the creature's body. uh, And you take seven fire damage. Oofa. Wow. All right. Um, And... Uh, if there's, uh, unless there's anything else, uh, we are back up to the top with Alna. I am at this point going to take out my short bow. I'm going to notch an arrow and fire. That's a nine. A nine, unfortunately, doesn't pierce his uh, natural armor. His chitin. Yeah, chitin. Um, all right. Uh, it is the creature's turn, and it will again try to flail its tail at you. Um, with a 24 this time. Uh, deals 20 piercing damage. Who, me? Yeah, Binwin. And seven fire damage. uh, As its tail pierces you. (laughs) Oh, man. Hachi machi. (laughs) question is there a fire effect are there sparks are there flames or is it just pain um let's see uh 
from striking the creature with his axes, he felt just an intense heat emanating from the creature. Um, its tail actually has like a flame on it uh, around the piercer. Um, let's see. I believe Alna is in the doorway. Alna, mm. you hear that insectoid skittering approaching you with a 17 to hit you. Yes, it uh, would. You feel an invisible claw pinch you uh, for six bludgeoning damage. You are also grappled mm. uh, and you feel yourself being dragged into the room. Oh, I start yelling. Yeah, you guys just see Alna, like, not walking, but just being dragged by something you cannot see. Oh, man, it's we got to pull this invisible scorpion out somehow. There's no way. And then, Higgins, you feel... I'm not in the room. Is that a problem yet? Um, You're, I'm like, in the, in the hallway. In front? You were, yes. like, behind Alna. Yeah, you feel... Well, uh, you also... Well, let's see if this hits you first. For a 16 in the hallway? It... Most certainly does, I believe. All right. You feel a claw also squish you for six bludgeoning damage. Um, and you start to get dragged, but you're really just in the... Um, you're still base... You, I think it just is has enough movement to drag you into the doorway. Get her back, I say. Madame Benedicta is freaking out and screaming um, and trying to cling to your squire, who is dropping everything. Very good. Um, all right. Uh, next up is Clotho. I don't see any of the things that are attacking them except for the one that Benwin is grappling with, right? Correct. And, but I do see something invisible dragging, uh, Alma into the room. Yes, and Higgins as well is starting to be dragged. And I can hear the, the similar skittering noise to my, uh, to the, my date. Yeah, it uh, it has a deeper tone, like it is a larger creature. Okay, so I do a, uh, I'm down in my, my pose, and the, all my muscles tense really fast, and then I leap up in the air into a swan dive, only it's a backflip. I, I would like to land on top of the cage that he's on, or that the little scorpion is in, and go, Okay. Do you know them? you should um tell them we're friends and then i want to drag the, the the cage like slot up and uh basically pull it off if it doesn't slide up i want to tear it off yeah all right cool um so you jump onto the cage uh and unlatch the door and slide it open uh, and you hear tiny skittering going into the room uh, I would I would not slide it open. I actually want to like pull it off. Oh, you want? To, yeah. Okay. Cool. You tear it off. This cage can no longer contain this tiny invisible scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> it is rendered useless as you hear tiny skittering going into the room. Um, Alna and Higgins, you feel whatever creatures that are holding you uh, kind of move slightly, like they're rotating. Uh, so Higgins, it is your turn. I will hold for just a moment. Okay. I have to figure out what's happening. Um. All right. Uh. We'll come back. I do try to escape 
this thing's grasp if I can. Yeah, you can pull use back. your action uh, to break its grapple. You can roll me an athletics check or an acrobatics check. Nineteen. Yeah, you're able to break open its claw. I fall back and get closer to Madam and Squire for now. I keep the rapier in front of me just in case because I can't see where they're at. Uh, Binwin. Uh, I want to use my movement to run away from the scorpion. Um, all right. Uh, you can certainly use your movement. Um, you also, um, do you disengage or do you just move back? That is a great question. And if I had read all the player's handbook more recently, I would know how to answer it. So you can disengage, which means the creature cannot make an opportunity attack on you. Um, if you just move back, it might try to swing its tail and attack you as you're turning around. Oh no, I would like to disengage. All right, cool. So you use your action to disengage, um, uh, keeping an eye on the scorpion as you move back. Uh, and I do believe if you move past any of the invisible creatures, they're also not able uh, to make okay. opportunity attacks on you. Do I need to roll anything for that? or? Um, nope, disengage is just that uses up your action. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to get some distance. Okay. Uh, we're back up to the top with Alna, who's in the grasp of one of these invisible creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those those muscles that uh, I mentioned, that's all high rep, low low weight, um, so not strength, all for show. So she is instead going to lay her hands on what it is that's grabbing her, and she's just going to cast Burning Ooh, Hands. Ooh, uh, awesome. I make a deck save, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a 12 beat your save? It does not. All right, roll your full damage. So 10. 10. Uh, you hear its tail swishing around and it's clacking its other claw that isn't holding you. Uh, it seems pissed. And briefly, you see in the flame uh, a giant scorpion uh, shape. For movement, uh, while it's distracted, I want to try to like roll and tumble off it. Roll me an acrobatics check to see if you can get through the claw. Nine. It rolled lower than that to hold on to you, uh, so you're also able to tumble out of its grasp. I'm not graceful at it at all. It's more of a tumble, 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 ow, you hear, and then I'm prone. <laughs> Excellent. Um, on uh, the creature's turns... Um, Alna and Clotho, with your passive perceptions, you hear the tiny skittering of, uh, your, of the Widowmaker, um, and then you hear the skittering, uh, from the scor invisible scorpion that was holding onto Higgins, and it's moving in the direction of the Widowmaker. Uh, the one that was burned, however, uh, is kind of pissed, uh, so it, uh, moves forward, um... Uh, towards Alna, who tumbled out of the way. And then it's going to try to clap its claw on you again uh, with a 17. Uh, yep. Deals six bludgeoning damage and has you captured in its grasp once again. Oof. Uh, meanwhile, the blue fiery scorpion uh, sees Binwin moving away from it. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it starts... Oh, actually... 
at first it looks like it is going to pursue Binwin, but then you see it tilt its head uh, towards uh, those skittering sounds, uh, and it seems distracted by something. Clotho. Uh, from on top of the cage with the uh, grate, the the bar, I point out uh, with that the dual blade scimitar, like in the hand, in my hand behind me. I point out, and I say, "Feel the marital wrath of the Widowmaker." <laughs> and I fling the other one to the side, and then I launch myself at the uh, invisible claw that is holding uh, Alma. Yeah, you see Alna struggling against something. Uh, I would like to judge where the joint is behind the claw. I am only meaning to declaw it. Interesting. All right, roll me either a perception or an investigation check. Okay, so I would also like to, in the midst of this, use my bonus action to go ahead and activate my vital pursuits, which is the um, the deductive reasoning kind of situation that as a um, as a vigilante every batman type needs so in order to do that i have to roll one of my hit die and take the damage for it uh and that also determines the number of rounds that i need to use that's cool all right so that's going to be six so i'm taking six damage and i will have it for six rounds uh, and then you said, which uh, you wanted perception or did you want, what did you want for the? Uh... I'd also take a nature check, I suppose. Oh, I'm fine with either of the other two. <laughs> perception or investigation. So that'll be a 25 for investigation or a uh, 23 for perception. Yeah, based off how you're seeing Ulna struggle, you feel like you can figure out where that joint is. Despite the precision with which I know exactly where it is, the heightened excitement and leaping through the air is a smidge reckless. I would like to use my reckless attack for the attacks. Uh, the first one is going to be a uh, 22. And that'll hit. The second one will be a 19. That will also hit. Okay. Nice. Uh, damage on the first one is 14. Damage on the second one is 13. Dang. Yeah. You see Clotho leap forward uh, to help you, Alna. Uh, and as he strikes, you see him break through this joint in the creature, and it sort of materializes around you. Its arm detached, uh, and itself just, it's dead. So you have a visible giant scorpion corpse in front of you. Aw, I only wanted to declaw it. Benwin screams out, guys, look out, scorpions. Because <laughs> he can see it now. Uh, Higgins! Um, is the dwarf still in danger? Is that thing threatening him? Um, or following you him? see it uh, looking back and forth between where um, you imagine that other invisible scorpion and the Widowmaker were heading in that direction and Binwin. Uh -huh. um, roll me an insight check. 13. Uh, you feel that it is only momentarily distracted um, and is more interested in pursuing Binwin. When it next can. That is bad. I, 
I will trigger my action. If it attacks him, I will attack it with a spell. All right. So you ready in action should it attack Binwin. Binwin, it is your turn. I would like to throw a javelin at the scorpion. Yes, throw it. 17. 17 hits. 10 damage. 10 damage. You see the tip of the javelin glow as it hits the creature, but you're far enough away that you don't take any fire damage. Yeah, my two-weapon fighting still counts. I'll throw a second javelin. Cool. 14? 14 is the number. That hits? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, six points of damage. You strike the creature again, uh, cracking its... What's the word for insect it's armor? It's chitin. I'm going to write it down. Cracking one of its chitin plates. Um, and it clacks its broken claws in your direction. Uh, we're back up to the top with Alna, who is standing inside a limp, dead scorpion claw. While the big guy and the other one seem to be distracted, may I say, uh, with, with Binwin, I would like to use a bonus action and kind of hide in the shadows. Yeah, you can do that. Natural one. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm hidden, guys. I'm hidden. Yeah, it's okay. You, you sort of back up to hide in the shadows and trip over the claw just a little bit. Skitter, skitter, skitter. Uh, and uh, I'm going to shoot at it with my bow. All right. And I'm trying to do a sneak attack. <laughs> that is... What is me with nines? Oh, no. Yeah, nine, unfortunately, doesn't hit. Um, And it is uh, the creature's turn. It turns away uh, from that corner where the invisible creatures were, um, and it races towards Binwin, lashing out with its tail as it approaches, which I believe, Higgins, will also release your spell. So you see it about to attack, so I'll let your readied action go off. I grab it by the soul. Told the dead. Oh. Whoa. So I rolled really low, but what type of save is this? This is a wisdom save. Uh, I rolled an 11, which I don't think will do it. Against the 15. Wow. A 12 and an 11. Whoa. Jeez. Yeah. You should have been doing that from the beginning. (laughs) I didn't want to irritate it. Fair point. (laughs) All right. Uh, it starts running towards you, Binwin, uh, but then you all hear this resinous bell sound, um, and the creature skitters to a stop, and you see blood trickle out from its ear holes, uh, and it collapses and tumbles toward Binwin. Uh, but it is defeated. Sorry, great creature. Sorry. That was amazing (laughs) um the other creatures don't seem to be making their way towards you they're off in a far corner um and you also feel hear the battle music stop with that bell toll (laughs) i still stay near the madam and stay ready with my rapier waiting for something to come because i cannot see them in any case from the corner, you just hear like tiny click clacks and then big click clacks. Um, but they're in the far corner. Is that like a familiar tiny click clack that I was perceiving earlier? It is a very familiar tiny click clack. Ah, there's some conversation going on. Um, it's a good thing we gave it beer earlier. 
soon. Yeah, I gotta tell you, <laughs> smart move. You made a friend that might save our life. Um, so opposite, you guys, um, there is the corner where the creatures are, uh, but there's also another doorway. Okay, I approach the door. Um, you approach the door, you hear the click-clacks getting louder as you approach, um, but they don't seem to move or be disturbed. There's the same sort of wooden door there in front of you. Perhaps I should give it a look over. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna... I need a little breather before I kick in another door. And I will take time to take some chitin and a bit of a giant scorpion's tail. Before I look at the door, I take out a small vial on like this little bandolier that I've got on me, and uh, it's full of a red glimmering liquid, and I hand it over to Binwin. Oh, thank you so much. I take uh, the bottle, and I pour it in my tankard, and then I add a little beer to it, and then I drink it. <laughs> it's a regular potion of healing. Um, as Alna and Binwin uh, group around the door to check it out, um, Higgins, you are um, trying to pry some of the chitin off of the scorpion, now visible. Um, yes, and you guys hear the click-clacking approaching uh, Higgins. And you see the body of the dead scorpion kind of, like, move slightly, like something's nudging it. And then you hear the tiny click-clacks. And I hear this closer than the others because I'm closer? Um, it seems like the invisible creatures have moved from their corner over to you fussing with the dead scorpion. I stop fussing and fly straight up as high as I can to get my feet off the ground. I am out of there. Bye-bye. <laughs> you see the, the body sort of being rolled to the side and you hear click clacking around it, both the deeper click clack of the larger invisible creature and also that familiar click clack of the Widowmaker. How high is the ceiling? Um, the ceiling is uh, 20 feet. I am pressing myself flat against it and crawling back to my friends. <laughs> you do so. Uh, what is Clotho doing during during all of this? I'm going to, uh, as soon as I notice that they're coming for the thing, I'm actually going to go over and help push it in whichever direction it seems like they're going after I've sheathed my, uh, my dual-bladed scimitar. Yeah. So you sort of, like, help roll the body, and they're pushing it into the other corner. Um, and then you feel the bodies of these the large other invisible scorpion kind of shifting you aside um, and you see the corpse kind of press down a little bit uh, you're able to discern uh, that the larger scorpion is kind of pressing against the body of the dead scorpion um, I just kind of pop back and then uh, kind of drop down onto uh, my knees with my feet uh, my, my extremely muscled butt uh, in my my black shorts, uh, propped on my heels, uh, with my web toes splayed out underneath it, uh, kind of like having me in that waiting, almost like um, uh, meditating on the beach at sunrise kind of uh, pose, <laughs> just waiting. You feel tiny insect feet climbing um, up your leg, up your side, onto your shoulder, and you feel a familiar little clip that's just holding onto your ear. So then I just I just kind of like take a deep breath and hmm hmm matrimony. 
All right, back to the door. Uh, what is Alna doing? Checking for traps. Absolutely. Roll me an investigation check. Guess what I rolled? Uh-oh. Oh, no. A nine. What? <laughs> what is you got to get new dice. I know, I'm sad. They were so good before. Um, The door seems fine. Yeah, it seems fine. I open it. Um, you push it open and you see that that the tunnel uh, continues on, uh, curving to the left um, uh, at the end that you're able to see. Nothing bad happens. Okay, let's go. All right. Uh, You guys continue down the tunnel and as you round the corner, you see that there is another split fork. You can go to the left or you can go to the right. So I was uh, I was kind of meditating in this thing last time we realized that my uh, I missed them leave the room completely and I'm in the I'm in the meditative state and I've got my little uh, new earring uh, the scorpion earring apparently so um, do I notice that and if so do I notice wait do you notice that everyone left? leaving the room yeah <laughs> uh, roll me a perception check. Uh, so that'll be a 14. 14. I'll say, yeah, you're able to notice. So I'll rise from my thing and I'll, I'll, uh, just kind of hold up where, like, kind of make the space thing. And I'll just be like, do you need to stay? The little creature squeezes your ear tighter. Uh, you're bleeding a little bit and you take one piercing damage. I take that as a no. And I'll turn around and I'll walk out. Uh, and I'll walk out after them. Um, all right. So do you all choose to go left or right or do, uh, any other actions? What's the footprint situation by these tunnels? Yeah. Roll me investigation or survival checks. I'll do survival since that gives me a plus two. Well, that brings me to a total of 11. (laughs) Another awesome survival check by Binwin. Uh, I have a dirty 20 for survival. Nice. I have a natural 20 Woo. for investigation. 24 for investigation. I switched dice. Smart. So Madame Benedicta had actually started to walk a little ways down the left, trampling some of the footprints okay. um, before she came back to you all. Um, she thinks that she's helping investigate. Uh, but Olna and Higgins are able to discern uh, which are fresher and which are older footprints. Uh, and you see that this time, leading down the right, are three sets of footprints. Um, and then coming back, two sets of footprints. And then two sets of footprints go down the left. And Madame Benedicta's footprints. I don't know how to interpret that one. So we have how many sets going left and how many sets going right? Going right, there are three sets going down the right, but two sets return. Going to the left are just two sets. Oh, going away. Yes. I think go we should left. probably go left. Yeah. yeah. It looks like I'm the right gonna, was I'm maybe a dead end and there's a corpse somewhere. Yeah. Or wait, um, uh, uh, Jaja, what, what is your, uh, did you go down that way? Who are you talking to? Did you name the scorpion Jaja? Um, I did now. I was more talking about our ride along. But I think Jaja is now appropriate for uh, Scorpion. <laughs> yes, I love that. 
Um, Madame Benedicta says, oh no, I was going down this left tunnel to help you all investigate. And what did you find? Oh, well, it was very, it was very dark and looked quite dangerous. So, of course, I returned quite quickly. There's more tunnel that way. (laughs) Okay. All right, great. (laughs) What What is everybody thinking? I say left. Left. Mr. Wizard? I will go with the wisdom of the party. Left it is. is. I start heading left. Um, You guys continue onward uh, through these dungeonous tunnels. And eventually you see the tunnels opening up uh, at the end into a very large chamber. And as you approach, you see one side of the chamber has these humongous golden vault doors. Lots of pretty scroll work. Real fancy. What do you do? Hmm. Scroll work? What does that mean? Um, just like lots of pretty decorations carved into the door. Any words anywhere? Um, roll me uh, a perception check. Ten. <laughs> uh, you just see that there's all these pretty scroll, uh, scrolled shapes. Um, and decorations uh, on the door. It's very fancy. Someone dropped a lot on this door. I use the history uh, to figure out, is it elven, dwarven, human? Yeah, absolutely. 22. You look at the doors and the different types of decorations and think back to, I don't know, books on architecture that you've read. And the door seems to match types of architectural decorations from Waterdeep's past. Humans, mostly. Yes. I lecture the group. Well, you want to try one of the keys? We got three. Well, yeah, we got three of them. How do we get her? Like, I, I examine it for, like, keyholes? Um, You look at the door, and there don't seem to be keyholes. But Madame Benedicta steps forward and says, I believe this is my role that we've all been waiting for. Spotlight, please, Higgins. Light. <laughs> Uh, And she stands in front of the door and she says, perhaps I need to hold all of the keys. I am, of course, the most important one. Hmm. Okay, I'll give her the bagpipes. She sort of like clumsily tries to put them on. She's wearing it like a backpack. She's doing it wrong. I'll uh, I'll hold out my hand next to my ear and just say, um, Jaja, you don't have to, but if you want to, just drop into my hand. Jaja clings to you harder. Okay. Um, and Madame Benedicta reaches her hand out and rips the tiny sword. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to <clears throat> see a medic. Um, <clears throat> and Madame Benedicta runs towards the door. I am the key to the vault of Neverember. I hold all of the keys. You can come out now. Suddenly, appearing next to her, popping out from invisibility, is a drow man, a drow warrior. On the other side of the door, another drow warrior appears. What? Everyone roll me initiative. (sighs) Oh, I mean... Twelve... Nice. 22. Nice. Higgins? 22. Ooh, okay, nice. I'll let you guys decide who wants to go first. Up to you. Um, 
All right, we'll just say we'll say Benwin goes first, and Clotho. Hurry! Oh no! I'm just gonna get the lay of the land, everyone. Don't worry about it. I'll I'll leap into action. You know. <laughs> you guys see these two drow warriors wearing studded leather armor and shields. They're drawing short swords and moving towards you, Benwin. What do you do? Hmm. I don't like drow, so I'm going to attack the one on the left. Okay. Left drow. 19. A 19 will pierce his armor. And for my second attack, jeez, oh, an 8. So I do land one blow squarely, doing uh, 7 damage. You are now face to face with one of these drow warriors. Um, Let's do it. Higgins. Firebolt, the one on the right. All right. A total of 18. That will do it. 18 points of damage. Uh, 18 fire damage. You see his leather armor alight for a second, and he pats it out hurriedly. Um, it is then the drow's turn. You see the one on the left start to wave its arms as if casting a spell. I yelled, casting! Um, and a cube of violet light uh, surrounds everybody except Binwin, who had moved up. Um, and I need all of you to make me dexterity saving throws, please. 18. That'll end up being a 14. 18. So the violet light just kind of disappears, and uh, that drow looks really disappointed. The other one uh, with Binwin right up there with him takes his short sword and tries to stab you twice uh, with a 24 and then a 12 won't hit. Uh, He deals seven piercing damage uh, and 10 poison damage. Question. How much did the healing potion that I took earlier heal? It's 2d4 plus two, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Oh, great. A one. (laughs) And a four, so that's five plus two, so it gave me six points? Seven. Seven. Oh, seven. I can do it. I can do it. All right. Oof. I'm hurting. We have a healer? I believe you got half on the poison as well, since you had walk. I did. Yeah, I did. I did that already. Then you guys hear footsteps running towards Madame Benedicta. She gets grabbed by a drow who suddenly appears. Unlike the others who are wearing studded leather armor, this one is wearing robes and carrying a staff with a spider on top. Um, And he grabs her and pulls her back towards the vault door and touches the ground. Uh, And you see the ground around the door, um, half of this glowing circle, Uh, surrounded by glowing runes, start to light up. Um, And then it is Alna's turn. You know what? Magic missile at Benedicta. All right. Six. Um, Six. You shoot her and she looks super offended. And uh, then it is Clotho's turn. So I'm still, I've got still a going on from the... uh, Scorpion claw being ripped off of my ear, uh, and the ble- and it's my kind of bluish pale skin starts to get like really blushed with, uh, like the blood is like kind of flushing up in me, and uh, I stomp my feet a little bit, and I charge directly at uh, Benedicta, 
and start my rage with my bonus action, but I tackle the uh, drow in the robe, and I am attempting right. to uh, first um, grapple him and then push him prone with my extra attack. So with the for the grapple, that's going to be a twenty six. Woo! I was so cocky about rolling an eighteen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a 19 on the die and then the 7 for the bonus, so. Yeah, alright, you grapple this drow mage who's trying to hold on to Benedicta. And then I use the second attack for the extra attack to push him. Alright, you tackle the drow mage. Okay, so he's grappled and proned. Yes. And then we are back up to the top with Binwin. Um, can I attack the prone drow um i'd say you're able to move around the drow you're engaged with so that you're able to hit that one if you'd like without having to disengage it's so tempting ah but i won't steal clotho's thunder i'll just keep one with the one i'm on good lord that roll 11 Uh, 11 will not hit no 23 um, 23 will. Okay. Four, ten damage. Nice. Okay, so at least I managed on my damage to roll high. All right. You strike him again, and he's definitely taking all of this damage, um, but he looks like a seasoned warrior um, and uh, almost laughs off your strikes. Oh, boy. I'd also like to yell out, Benwin! <laughs> <laughs> Higgins. I reach out and summon Mordenkainen's faithful hound Ooh. right next to uh, Madame Benedicta, preferably right on top of the prone drought. All right. Madame Benedicta is screaming about how there's it's blood. It's real blood coming from where the magic missiles hit her. And then she screams as the hound shows up. If it can, it will hopefully attack the prone. Yeah, gentleman. It, I will allow it. 27 to hit. I rolled a 19 plus. Ah, it hits so much. 24 total. The mage screams out uh, in pain and like struggles against uh, Clotho holding him down. And it is their turn. Madame Benedicta just sort of paces nervously trying to run uh, to a corner while staying inside of that glowing half circle uh, that continues to glow brighter. The mage on the ground is looking back and forth between this hound that is attacking him and Clotho holding him down. Um, and he grabs Clotho's shoulders and casts magic missile. Um, so he unleashes seven magic missiles uh, into your sh shoulders, dealing 21 Ooh. force damage. Ooh. Yeah, these, these um, guys And he continues hard. struggling. Um, the uh, drow on Binwin um, is going to try to attack with his short... That is not a d20. He's going to try to attack with his short sword uh, with a 23 to hit um, and a 22 to hit deals a total of 14 piercing and 20 poison damage. Oof. Guys, I'm down to almost nothing. Um, and then there was the other drow warrior um, who runs in front of where Benedicta is. 
um, and uh, readies himself. Um, he looks like he's going to strike anyone who approaches. Um, and then it is Alna's turn. I'm going to use a bonus action to kind of fade back into the darkness. Okay. That is a dirty 20. Preoccupied with everything else going on, uh, the warriors and mage don't seem to notice you. Okay, I am going to shoot the mage with my bow. Sneakily. Okay. Yeah. Dirty 20. Oh, awesome. Nice. 3d6. Plus my regular D8 plus four. Yes! So my sneak attack is 10 and then eight, so 18. While you're holding him down, Clotho, you see two arrows sort of appear by his neck and he's bleeding profusely from his wounds. Uh, The mage is not looking good. Clotho, it is your turn. That's what I'm talking about! And then I will, like, put my, I will, like, stand, but as I'm standing, I put my webbed foot down over his throat, like, on his windpipe. And then I drag the blade out from under, and I say, your way, I suppose, and I aim for both of his shoulders, one and then the other. All right. Recklessly, uh, dirty 20. Yes. Yes. The second one will crit. All right. And and I will wait on my, uh, my third one for if it's necessary. Uh, So the first attack is 15. Whoa. Uh, The next one is... uh, The next one is 31. (laughs) Whoa. This guy doesn't have, like, an upper body left. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you um, strike at his shoulders. I mean, do you want to describe your kill? Because those are some pretty epic numbers. Sure. So with my uh, so with my foot on his throat, I take the blade and I just go down, kind of like a lawnmower. The first blade of the the double scimitar, slicing down, clipping the ground, cutting clean through, uh, separating his shoulder, uh, and then in a propeller motion, just the same thing on the other side, and then I. Uh, press down with the, uh, like, getting my bounding footing uh, on his windpipe, flatten that out, and then leap up into the air to land on the opposite side of the one that Benwin uh, is fighting for my bonus action attack. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, go for it. Uh, And that will be a 15. Um, 15 will not quite pierce his arm. But I looked good. Yeah, but it looked look awesome. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit intimidated. Um, Benedicta in her corner is just like, oh, I never, oh, and it's trying to cover her eyes. We're back up to the top with Binwin. I'm going to use a bonus action to take a second wind. I'm going to regain some hit points here. Okay, here we go. Come on, 1d10, do right by me. Nine. I'll take it. Nice, nice. Nine plus seven, so 16 hit points back. That makes me a little more manageable. Okay, so we have one drow that's been liquefied, another drow that's damaged at some capacity, and then we have Benedicta, right, who's been magic missiled maybe once. Yes. Okay. I am going to 
try to grapple Benedicta. I want to basically grab her and hold her with an axe to her throat and see if we can get the other drow to stand down. Okay. She is on the other side of this glowing circle from you. Okay. Um, so you can run towards her, um, right. but you will take a couple opportunity attacks. Darn it. I don't know if I can withstand that at the hit points I have. This drow hits hard. Um, how bad is how badly damaged is the drow that he's fighting? Um, he's definitely been slashed a couple times, um, but he looks beefy. Like he is used yeah, he's to this seasoned. abuse. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess I'll. Upon second thought, I guess I'll just uh, stick with this guy. Um. All right. Let me roll against him. The first roll is definitely going to be hit. It's fifteen plus seven. Yep. The second roll is an 18 plus 7, so I got yeah. two solid hits. Nice. All right. So 17 points of damage total. All right. Yeah. He's starting to look like he's noticing these hits now. Um, but spitefully, he leans into you, um, leans down towards you, and uh, in a harsh whisper says, You're too late already. Too late already. Boy, this guy. Higgins. I uh, the the hound is attacking on its own now. Uh, I'll have it hit the uh the most damaged one. Yeah, I guess it'll probably go gang up on the guy who's like spitting at Binwin. Twenty-three. That'll hit. Twenty-one points of damage. Twenty-one. Gosh, Ouch. Nice. He's starting to look less cocky. And the other one that is threatening the madam. Yes. I pull out my rapier and I challenge him to a duel. In doing this, because I do not know how to use a rapier, I, I take my best position and I unleash Tasha's hideous laughter. Oh, all right. Nice. Cool. Oh. I rolled a one. <laughs> And I tell everybody, do not attack that one. He will be in that state for some time, unless you attack him. Finish that fool. He falls to the ground, laughing and clutching at his stomach. Uh, and he starts saying the same things that the other guy says. Um, he's say laughing and saying, Haha, you're too late. <laughs> Fell right into our trap. I use my move action to run to the madam. I jump right over him if I can. Yeah, okay. You run over to the madam, stepping over this guy or jumping over him. And she's looking up at you. I'm sorry. You were so kind, but it's my roots. You understand my roots. <laughs> <laughs> As she says that, the half circle around the vault door grows brighter yet, uh, almost blinding. And you guys start to hear these popping sounds. And popping all around the circle are more of these elite warriors. Ugh. Another male drow wearing robe uh, embroidered with spider thread. One male drow who stands out. He's wearing a wide-brimmed hat uh, with quite a bit of flair. Uh, roguish, uh, lovely-looking clothes and an eye patch. I note his style. That's nice. And he pushes past you, Higgins, and grabs Madame Benedicta's hand. Uh, the other drows kind of create this 
drow barrier between him and the rest of the party. And he kisses her hand. You held up your end of the bargain, madam, and I'll hold up mine. Come with me. I know how to treat a lady. And suddenly there is this loud crashing sound. All of the drow disappear. The glowing circle on the floor disappears. Um, and the ceiling is crumbling around you. Oh. I dive towards the door that we entered. All right. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I charge towards the door as well. All we can do is run. Ja, ja. <laughs> um, all right. If there's nothing else, you guys make your escape. Uh, you're eventually able to make it to back to Laryl Silverhand. You're covered in dust. You probably came out of baubles and such. And Joy was like, what the heck is going on? Oh, and we, we got the guy out of the barrel. Yes. Oh yeah. Very good. Uh, true to your word. Yeah. Get him did out he of the eat barrel. the potatoes? Um, he did not, because I think raw potatoes are poisonous. Uh, and you're able to make your way to Laryl Silverhand. This does not look like a success. What happened? Do I know who that was? How long has Alna been spending in Waterdeep? Alna was born in Waterdeep. She grew up here. Oh. Then she is familiar with this character, with the eye patch, uh, the hat, the personality. This could only be Jarlaxle. Mm. Ha, cool. Jarlaxle happened. Um, Silverhand turns to the window and shakes her head. All of that noble effort from our heroes. All in vain. For I have all three keys. And very, very soon, I will have what's in that vault. <laughs> <laughs>